Yes, hello folks, welcome to Weekly Matches, Nathan Chompy on the pitch. I'm your host as always, Phil Byrne, joining with my regular co-host, still fantastic comic fighting after another disappointing weekend, another disappointing performance, disappointing result. Still upset over a lot of it, um, raises new concerns, questions about Solskjaer and other things, of course. Uh, the, see the fallout in the press this week and the last couple of days has been quite interesting. Uh, lots and lots to discuss, Calum. Uh, first of all, how was your weekend, mate? Um, everything was quite good other than the football. I had some time off work, um, enjoyed some time away. Scotland were, were good during the international break. Yeah. I was desperate for United to, to come back. And then, it, it's terrible to say this, when it hit quarter to five, I was thinking, I wish United were maybe delayed for an extra week so they mm-hmm. could prepare and get players back because it was utterly dismal. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, obviously, you looked at that performance I don't care where you sit on the Ollie in, Ollie out thing. I don't think there's anyone, whether you're Ollie in or who's 100% convinced you couldn't be. Um, lots of reports coming out in the press after the game and his job's 100% safe and all that. First of all, I wouldn't pay too much attention to that. Secondly, I don't think he is close to being sacked, no matter what people say. Uh, and I'll explain why. <clears throat> but that could change very, very quickly. Um, the performance at the weekend, Callum, I think that Here's 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 my problem, my concern. You do all the talking you want, right? All the speculating about people's personality and everything. For a coach and his coaching team, the ultimate barometer, the ultimate um, show and tell is on the pitch. What you see on the pitch, we always say teams resemble their managers, playing the image of their managers. That is your that is that that is where you see the sum total of your work. Very, very good managers have teams that are bigger than the sum of their parts. I mean, United individually have a better score than Liverpool. But you look at how well Liverpool play to their strengths, right? They're mad as they hit United. Um, And I know lots of comparisons being made with Lampard, and I understand that. But I look at United, United are lesser than the sum of their parts. And when I looked at what's been happening, that Leicester performance, that happened at Villarreal, right? That happened in tons of places. That is a performance we've been seeing every single week. Now, United have got lucky in some occasions. In other occasions, they haven't with some VAR decisions, some decisions have gone against them. Um, but what concerns me the most isn't the what United are on the table, although that is a concern. What concerns me the most is what we're seeing on a Sunday. We keep talking Saturday. We keep talking about getting reactions. But why are we not getting a reaction on Saturday? Or you know, why why, why do we have to wait to another what what Solskjaer allegedly held the players back for forty five minutes after the game? To say what? To say what? What did he say then he didn't say before? Because to me, the the the, the you know, given in its current form, um, what else could he add? And that performance at the weekend was so diabolical, and that's unfortunately what we've been seeing for a while this season. So appallingly bad. So appallingly bad is is a is a good way to put it because I don't think we've seen a controlling ninety minutes from United this season. I think the West Ham game, I know the, the, the situation with Noble, etc., people might say United were fortunate. I think United controlled parts of that game really well, and that was a real positive. But other than that, the Leeds game still looked vulnerable at times. The Newcastle game still looked vulnerable at times. Villarreal, as we talked about in this show, they were they were cut mm-hmm. open with ease. And again, at the weekend, what concerns me is Leicester have less possession than, than United but they have more shots and double the amount of shots on target, which just clearly illustrates the fact that United are so easy to break through. I watched some of the analysis over here from, from Match of the Day. 
And it was scary when they it obviously pinpointed it with a bird's eye view. How literally one mm-hmm. or two passes and you've cut you've cut through United's entire midfield mm-hmm. and you've taken five players out of the game, you've taken the front three out, and you've taken two midfielders out. And even if you've got a McTominay or a Fred or a Matic as that defensive player, because United are so easy to cut open through the other five, they're left on their own and, and teams can easily play around them. And we saw that time and time again against Leicester. The the, the third Leicester goal I'm sure we'll come to was just Utterly abysmal. It, we, mm-hmm. we talked about the Istanbul goal we conceded. We've talked yeah. about other goals in the past. It was. It just annoys you because it's so schoolboy. A kick off, a long ball, a knockdown, and a volley, and you just think, how on earth is a team with the level of player that United put out at the weekend able to concede goals like that? Because when you look at City, you look at Liverpool, you look at Chelsea. I don't think those three sides would concede a goal like that third one at Leicester. I'm not saying they wouldn't concede goals and they won't be vulnerable at times this season, they will. But I don't think they'll concede a goal in such a lackluster, limp manner, just like that third goal. It was it was honestly abysmal, especially after the good work of getting back into the game at two each. But even at two each, Callum, it wasn't reflective of what we just watched. It was once again you know, getting bailed out of jail. And maybe in some sense... First of all, let me clarify this comment, because for United, I never want to see them lose. There's never a time when I want to see United lose. I, and if you're supportive of Manchester United's contingent upon who the manager is, I can understand. I'm not saying you shouldn't criticise Solskjaer. I'm not saying you shouldn't want him to be sacked. I'm not saying you should want him to be replaced. But if that affects your ability to want Manchester United to win the week against that, you need to support. Because I can't go that far. I couldn't do it under Mourinho, I couldn't do it under Van Hal. I understand the sentiment. Look, I don't want to lose. I would give I would take a win over anything. But if we do lose, maybe it's one more nail in the coffin. But look, here's the thing, Cam. Um what we saw at the weekend, we've had too many of these Basixi here moments. And we've had too many of these inexplicable moments where you're looking at it and you put your hand over your mouth and you go, I don't believe what I'm seeing. Brendan Rodgers said after the game that they were able to have controlled possession because you know it's midfield didn't press. If your midfield don't press, you can't win a game of football. Simple as that. Right? And, and it has to start from the front back. And I understand the argument Ronaldo's not mobile and that's fine. Right? We'll get to him in a minute. But when you look at United, and I've been saying this for ages, and this is everyone else who watches football, they don't press as a team. They press as individuals. And you'll often see frustration from one or two players when they're pressing. Bruno Fernandes quite often, or, or, or one of the forward front men, um, pressing. And someone passes it out because someone across the line just walked. You can't do that. What also is so one-dimensional, and you see this all the time. So you need to try to play it from the back, right? Which they're utterly appalling at. Just disgraceful. And, and they have been for a while. But it's the same tactic. Stick it out wide to a fullback. Fullback does a one-two. Clips it inside goes back for the return ball, and it gets picked off every single time. And you're like, that's coaching. That's where Solskjaer McKenna has to take responsibility because that is one-dimensional. And that is something that gets figured out by any coach that has a brain. And see, therein lies the problem for me, is that United are, more, like we said, much less than some other parts there is no cohesive strategy. If United lost the game at Leicester 4-2 and played well, that happens. But they lost because they deserved to lose. And when I hear some of the things afterwards, so it's good. You know, 
he picked Maguire. Maguire was probably at fault for all four goals, in my opinion. Um, certainly at fault for the first one. Certainly excelled for the third one. At the corner, everything. He he it was just a truly unbelievably poor performance. I understand, okay, wasn't fit, but you still have to have enough football nice to be able to read certain situations, right? I mean, he wasn't there for six months, and to me, that performance there was too many parts of that performance that weren't related to fitness, that weren't related to you know it, it, because it's fitness has got nothing to do with falling asleep at the back post, right? Fitness has got nothing to do. Would be in the daydreaming on the ball for their first goal, and it was just too easy. That midfield is so poorly unbalanced because the other thing that happened in Callum is Bruno Fernandez is giving away free kicks in deep positions because he's being dragged back because United are far too open. That also means that when United break, he's too deep, and that's a problem. I don't see any obvious solution, uh, and I think this is a massive concern. It's a massive concern. And the other thing about Harry Maguire is, now I'm not saying Eric Bailly is the answer to, to any of United's questions in the medium to long term, but as far as I'm aware, he was on the bench. He is fully fit. Nobody's told us otherwise. What does that say to someone like Eric Bailly, who, don't forget, the club just gave a new contract to in the recent past? He's been given a new contract and you would think to yourself, right, if one of the main two centre-backs are injured or both of them are injured or carrying knocks, I've signed a new deal. I must be important enough and trusted enough under this manager to come in and play in a game like this. But he wasn't. And and for me, that that's incredibly telling. Another player, and I'm not singling him out because, to be fair, he's been exceptional for a long time for United. But I just feel in recent weeks, Luke Shaw has looked yeah. increasingly laboured. And mm-hmm. I think it might be time as well for Tellez to be given a run. Maybe that's two, three, four games. Maybe he keeps the jersey longer. But he's a player that looks laboured for me. Maguire coming in at 50% fitness or, or less or more, however you want to define that. He certainly wasn't 100% fit as a concern because it suggested to me that he doesn't trust Baye, despite the fact he got that new deal, as I've mentioned. We know about the Van de Beek situation. We've talked about it time and time again. And the other one that, I, I'll be honest, still puzzles me is Jesse Lingard. Mm-hmm. Is he not getting more starts because he's not signing this new contract? Because in my opinion... Martial obviously came in for a start in recent weeks and scored a goal. Sancho's form's not been great, as as we all know. He's still starting football matches, but Lingard isn't. Do you think that's got something to do with the contract? Because I think he mm. merits a start in this team at the moment. I, I think I, I don't think it, it does because I think Solskjaer's in a situation now where he can't afford to be picking players based on what's going to happen six, nine months from now. I mean, Cavani's out of contract at the end of the year, so is Paul Pogba. So I don't think he can he could be making those decisions. I think all things being equal, I can understand why Lingard doesn't start, right? Because he's not going to drop Bruno Fernandes, right? I think his strongest front three, with those being available, he still believes is Sancho, Ronaldo, Greenwood, or or a version of that. Um, so to me, it's hard to see where he where he puts them in because, you know, with Pogba, they do sometimes try to play him deep. Lingard's not going to play deeper. You know, sometimes Pogba starts on the left, but Given I, I, Pogba and Bruno are fit, they're going to start. I, so that's why I think he doesn't start. Is because I still feel that Soaker feels that's still as strong as the eleven. Um, so I think the problem here, um, when we look at the midfield as well, we look at Paul Pogba. He was abysmal, absolutely abysmal at the weekend. 
Um, everyone's seen the stats. So I don't need to repeat them. Cotton possession um, just really has did not for anything. Again, a, f- a few days after his agents talking about all these big clubs offering him a fortune. Um, you know, we had a period last season where Paul Pogba found the best form of his career. It's been a while since we've seen that. And we th- we felt like at that point the question was settled. Can Bruno or Pogba play in the same midfield? And it looked like they could. And now that question raises its head again. Can they? And do United maybe need to sacrifice a Pogba for a different type of midfielder that can actually play the role that they want? Because it seems to me that they are missing players or specialists in particular positions that you need. Um, and Pogba and Bruno Fernandes don't give you the defensive coverage that you need. Uh, but there's just so many areas of concern. Once again, Calum, you look at the goals at the weekend, right? Mason Greenwood, right, from a piece of magic. Harry Maguire, long ball, bang. Right? I mean, how many times have you seen United score from a well-worked move, from cohesive movement, you know, from, you know, build-up play? This is what you work on uh, through, in training through the week. When you go out and do what United did at the weekend, I think United fans are entitled to ask of their coaching team, their coaching staff. How on earth is that some parts of your work? Because that's disgraceful. Yes, and one of the things that frustrates you a lot with it is under Ollie early on when Dan James came in initially, United played a lot on the counter and you could mm-hmm. understand that with the quality of player at the time. United now don't play on the counter, even if they wanted to. I don't think with Ronaldo, I don't think he's a counter-attack footballer anymore. Um, that they could do that, but they still look as poor um, uh, trying to create on their own as they did when they were relying on the counter-attacking football, and that completely baffles me when you consider the the standard of individuals that United have got. Mm-hmm. The issue, of course, I think is we've both into that, is the fact that they're playing as individuals. There is no cohesive movement from what we can see at the moment. Obviously, Solskjaer and the coaching staff might be turning their hair out and saying, well, in training, it looks a lot different, but we need to start seeing it on the park. And the, the point you made about Paul, but I'll be honest with you, Phil, uh, I know he's out of contract at the end of the season, and I, you never want to see a player leave for nothing. I, I, I just think it might be time for United to move away from Paul Pogba because I don't think he's going to be the central midfielder that can take United on. I'm not saying he's not an exceptional footballer. I'm not saying that he won't assist on his days. He's one of the best players in the world. I just think if United are going to long-term go with the likes of Greenwood, Fernandes is always going to be in that 10, Sancho, Ronaldo or whoever else up top. I just don't think you can have a midfielder like Pogba playing in a midfield two in that system. I, I would love him to prove me wrong, but he's been here, what, four and a half years now? And I just don't think that midfield two suits someone like Pogba unless he's got a Kante or someone of that ilk next to him. And unfortunately, I just don't think United are capable of signing a player of that ilk in that position at the moment. Because in my, I, I just don't see too many obvious ones that scream out to you. If United get him, it would completely change them. I know a lot of people talk about Declan Rice, but West Ham and United are completely different levels. And I'm not convinced that if you just plonk Declan Rice in this team that United would steamroller themselves to a title because he would be the man to hold everything together I I would need to be convinced of that so I think that position, the holding position is what defines Pogba's future in my opinion because he cannot play in a midfield too unless he's got some serious protection like Kante who is arguably the best in the world in that that role Yeah, I think uh, most people would agree with that Um, 
I think uh, there's some other questions here. If you listen to some reports this morning, um, and this is what is interesting to me. <clears throat> um, we've read a lot of conflicting reports over the last few days about who's, you know, this player said this, disappointed at Ollie. Rashford people supposedly disappointed at Ollie for his, needs to focus on football command. You know, <clears throat> then we've got allegedly Solskjaer unhappy because United did not send a midfielder this summer. And now you're starting to see little bits and pieces being leaked out about who's to blame here. And <clears throat> that to me is a terrible sign. You're starting to see some players show visible discontent with Solskjaer, which is something that we've never seen before. So people ask, will he be sacked? Well, I was mentioning this earlier. I don't, you know, first of all, I'd say a couple of things. They desperately don't want to sack him, right? That's the last thing they want to do for a million reasons. Um, you don't have to agree with them, but they don't want to sack him. They like him, you know, and, and he, he's done a good job, right? Not a great job, but a good job. Right? And uh, I mean, he needed were an absolute mess under him. I understood when he came in, when United had that season where they were appalling until they signed Fernandez, why they were that bad. And I made excuses for it. Not excuses, but I, I, I had mitigation reasons for why Solskjaer shouldn't be solely to blame. But not now. There is no more. You've got the squad. We're talking when he first got the job, he needed four, five, six windows. He's got all those windows. We are in the evidence part of the tenure. This is where Solskjaer has to show this is the future I was constantly talking about. So it doesn't have to be exactly the same as it was under Mourinho or Van Hal for him to get sacked. Remember, Van Hal got sacked after winning the FA Cup. So that wasn't an identical situation to what Mourinho was sacked under. It doesn't have to get that bad because you need to just have to look at Solskjaer and feel he doesn't have the confidence and, and, and there'll be other factors involved in this because with Mourinho, when they were sacking him, the entire dressing room was against Mourinho, right? It made that easy. If Solskjaer loses a bunch of players in that dressing room, he's done. He's finished. And that's what you need to be looking at. To be looking at, does he still have a support of the players? If he does, okay. He's not, we're not going to sack him yet. But if he takes a heavy defeat against Liverpool and they play badly, the criticism is going to be on relenting it's going to be off the charge from people that have defended him in the past i know what that roy Keane clips being said about leopards don't change their spots but a lot of those players are gone okay so this is Solskjaer's squad now and if they aren't gone they should be gone if they're going to get him thrown on the bus he's had enough time to fix that problem so for me this is Solskjaer's squad he's there if you're still there it's because Solskjaer kept you and if you're you know if you're in one of his players well you know, he takes responsibility at this point 100% for the mood inside that dressing room. He absolutely does. And I have to be honest, um, I'm, I'm not an all in, I'm not an all out. I look at football subjectively and my opinion can change. I want nothing more than Ollie to succeed as Manchester United manager until the day he leaves the football club, because inevitably one day he will. Nothing lasts forever, as we even saw with Sir Alex, he retired at some point. I will back him until the day he leaves United. The only honest assessment I have is based on what I've seen this season, I'm more convinced than ever that I think Ollie is going to be a bridge for United. Mm -hmm. I think, as Gary Neville hinted at a few weeks ago, he's taken United, as you've said, from the toxicity of Mourinho, where the players were disengaged, an element of the fan base were disengaged. It was just, it was just an awful atmosphere. You couldn't see a bright future on the horizon quickly. He turned that around in his temporary spell very quickly 
got the job, it plateaued slightly, and then he was able to get third, get a second place, and then inevitably you're looking at winning titles, winning Champions League, winning trophies. What I've seen this season doesn't fill me with confidence that he's the man to take United to a place of winning serious trophies and seriously challenging. I think under him you'll always have United in around that top four, top three, but from what I've seen this season with a better quality of player that's been brought in, I just don't think that he can take United to those major trophies. As I say, I'm not going to be toxic and throw crap at him and, and shout for him to be sacked because at the end of the day, the grass isn't always greener. I think United, though, do have to seriously think about the style of football they're watching this season. They have to think about the atmosphere and the ethos in and around the club. They have to be measuring that in whatever way you can measure it. And they have to make a decision that's best for the football club going forward. Ronaldo, Solskjaer, whoever it is, no one person is bigger than Manchester United. And I just hope that whoever makes that decision has got the club's best interest at heart and can pinpoint someone that can then take United over the line. But as you've said many times on this show, Phil, do you trust the current incumbents at Manchester United to get that decision right of where the club goes next if Ollie leaves? The answer for me at the moment is a resounding no. That doesn't mean a decision shouldn't be made if United get stuffed by Liverpool um, and maybe get a defeat by Atalanta and, and they're in Champions League peril. It doesn't mean that a decision shouldn't be made. It just Getting rid of Ollie doesn't fill me with confidence and hope. It fills me with equal apprehension because at the moment I'm apprehensive United aren't going to make that next step under Ollie. But equally, if he leaves, I'm also very apprehensive that the, the club won't get it right and could bring in someone like a Conte who is... Is for me, another Josie Mourinho, he will throw the kitchen sink at it for a year or two. If he doesn't get what he wants, it'll be toxic in the training ground. It'll be awful by the time he leaves. So there's a lot to weigh up, and I'm not confident either way, if I'm honest. It's a really important point, Calm, and I'm glad you mentioned this, because I tweeted something out on Saturday, and a lot of people seem to misunderstand it and think I was talking about the Glazers when I said, Sack and Solskjaer won't solve United's problems alone. I wasn't talking about the Glazers. Glazers don't appoint managers. They sign off on them. I'm talking about the people whose job it is to get the football side of the football club right, whose job it is to appoint managers based on an evaluation process, right, based on identifying someone's characteristics and traits that are right for Manchester United. This is, these are people that have spent a billion plus. No league titles, not even remotely close to league titles. right? And you want these people? Do you so, so you want? The, did you trust these people to appoint a visionary like Nagelsmann the way they do with Bayern? Now Bayern Munich have looked at Nagelsmann, looked at all his attributes, characteristics, and said he suits our football club and our model. I don't trust those people to do that effectively. And people talk about Conte. If United go down that road, I will be even more convinced they absolutely don't know what they're doing. Conte is revolution. Conte doesn't will not win the league with this Manchester United squad. If he wants a Manchester United squad in his image, we're going to get something closer to what we saw with Mourinho. Now, United have moved away from that. They have to get somebody that has a vision that is similar to the one. And whether you you, you may not rate Solskjaer or whatever, um, and maybe you could you could, you can argue it was never implemented properly, um, but it's clear that his intent is to play four three three attacking football, right? So. They need to get somebody with that mindset that is not a defensive coach that looks at that United team and says, we need one or two tweaks. I I, I Pacchettino being talked about still again. Um, you know, lots of 
names like that. And, I, and I've said this before about Pochettino. Since when did a Sack Spurs manager become a Manchester United manager? I said this before. And, you know, he's not exactly set in the world on fire with PSG, is he? So I think you have to be really careful here with this, mate. And I think that United, this is where it's really, really, uh, if Solskjaer was to go, it'd be a massive test of the football structure at the football club to be able to sensibly identify and appoint somebody that is similar to what they want to do so that they have an, an identity that the coach adopts the identity. The coach adopts the DNA. If this really is DNA and it is DNA, the next guy that comes in has to adapt to that vision. You know, you can't go to Barcelona and, ten, and put, you know, nine, ten men behind the ball. You have to adapt to their vision. Certain clubs have certain ways about doing things. That's where they need to be better about. We need to get somebody in that image. But again, Conte is the obvious one because he's won trophies. But take a look at what he did at Chelsea. Take a look at what he did at Milan. A lot of money. They had to sell. And the Milan last time were successful after Mourinho had to sell the squad same time this time. So I think United have to be very careful about just saying, I don't know, can't they all do, you know, and of course Zidane's the other one that's been mentioned. Zidane, I'll be honest, Phil, when I, when I think about some of the people at United, I think they could be tempted by Zidane because I think commercially it's a dream. Um, Zidane going to any football club, I think he's, he's, he's one of the, the, the elite players of his era. He's one of the whether whether he's an elite manager, I, 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 it sounds crazy questioning someone that's won as many Champions Leagues as he has. But with Real Madrid, he was always ingrained in that setup as a player um, for a long period, as a coach developing before he took on the Reigns the first time, which was impressive. Second time, it wasn't so good, but you could argue some of the players were on the way down. I just think United will be tempted by Zidane because I think commercially, I think he'll tick the boxes they want him to. Two, he can manage big egos. He's managed Ronaldo before. He's managed Brand before. Uh, Pogba's talked about wanting to play for him in the past. So if United get rid of Oli, again, it could be a, a hunch that's completely off. But I just feel that the decision makers at United would be really tempted by someone like Zidane. Whether his English is of a good enough standard to manage a club like Manchester United at this stage, I, I don't quite know. I know it's been mentioned by... Julian Laurent and others, he is learning English, he's trying to strengthen his English, but whether it's of that standard, I don't quite know. But of course, you've got players like Varane, Pogba, etc., who can who can speak French as well, um, Spanish within the squad. So I'm sure, he, I'm sure he would be capable and he would have staff that could help him in that initial phase. Look at Bielsa at Leeds, for mm-hmm. instance, um, getting through that language barrier. But for me, I just think he's the name out there that I think would tempt them if, if they were to get rid of Oli. The other names that have been mentioned, Eric Ten Hag's been mentioned of Ajax, him and Van der Sar. I don't see United bringing Van der Sar back. I don't, I, if they wanted to bring him back, I think they would have done it by now. Um, I could, again, could be totally wrong with that, but it's just a feeling that I get. I think he's someone who wouldn't go back to United for the sake of having a job title. If he's going in, I think he wants to go in and do it properly, like he's been doing with Ajax. So I think that's what rules them out, because they've just put Murta and Fletcher in those roles. Um, other names, Brendan Rodgers, the Liverpool situation, I, I don't think he'd be a serious option. Um, you, you mentioned Conte. For me, it would be a complete backward step. Yes, it might deliver an FA Cup. It might deliver a Champions League final, but I don't think it will have any lasting impact at United that's positive. Pochettino, as you've said, Saks first manager shouldn't, shouldn't be considered. He's not lighting up trees with a better quality of player. So that's a real red flag. Um, for, for, for United going forward so there, aren't, there isn't an obvious candidate or an obvious fit for me the hunch I have is Sedan ticks more boxes than the others for what United would want 
should they have to make a decision in the immediate future, which, fingers crossed, they won't, because I would love nothing more than for United to go and win six or seven games in the bounds during this tricky period Mm -hmm. and come out fighting. That's what I want to see. 100%. Certain people on social media saying, Klopp, finish off the job. If If that's your honest opinion, then I don't consider you to be a Manchester United fan. You never, ever want your team to lose, ever. I mean, look at some of the teams in England that were really in the doldrums, Bury, etc. Those Bury fans stuck with their team to the end, even when the gates were getting locked. You don't walk out with your team, no individuals bigger than your team, back the team, and, and, and you want them to succeed. Anyone thinking otherwise, and as I say, Klopp finished the job, just that sort of thing riles me, because that's not the football that I grew up with, and that's not the football that I believe in. You know, it doesn't rile me, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> I have zero expectation of that individual. I don't think he's a Manchester United fan, and in some sense, I actually commend it because he's putting it out there that um, you know he's really not a United fan, and and so in that sense, I have no issue with it because he's not someone I look at and think I have expectations that are commensurate with what Manchester United fans are. I don't. So to me, it's reflection of what I've always believed. I mean, this this stuff that said individuals put out is you know I, I i don't have a problem with people putting out stuff i disagree with that's fine you know that, that's part of life and that doesn't rile me i think uh what riles me at times is whenever poison is injected into some of those opinions that are deliberately pejorative and is not uh based on any reality and i just that that, that is something i don't have time for um <clears throat> you know i think this next appointment callum is so so important because here's why you need to have a new player on time in Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle going on the table with big money. Now it's going to push the price of players up. It's going to push the price of mediocrity up. It's going to push the price of wages up. You've now got Manchester City with all this money. You've got Chelsea with all this money. You've got uh, Newcastle with all this money. You need to can't afford to get it wrong again. They can't afford to go in and give another guy two, three hundred million and not compete. So, uh, and that's going to get harder and harder to do. I don't believe that this is good for English football, that we have countries in a dick measuring contest owning football clubs. You know, it seems like all that journalistic solidarity with Jamal Khashoggi went out the window very quickly this weekend when we're talking about the wonderful scenes on Townside. I totally understand the Newcastle fans and their suffering and the fact that they want to see an exciting team and all that. But to airbrush out what these people have done, or uh, you know this this the, the PIF fund which was you know supposedly independent of um, the kingdom, but it was from what I understand mandated by the kingdom that this fund was created to diversify their economy. I don't think this is good for English football that we have this. Um, all Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal must all be looking at this extremely concerned because it's no longer about sport and merit. This is about countries with unlimited resources and and that is a serious problem because the whole reason of competitive balance with television rights and everything is to avoid a situation where you have two or three teams that are completely dominant and the rest none. it's also a massive concern if you're la liga Serie A, and everything else right so i think if you're united this appointment has to be absolutely bang on perfect right that's the part that concerns me can because the type of football intelligence that you need acumen that you need to be able to make those appointments and know why somebody fits and why somebody doesn't i don't think that exists at united at a, at a corporate level so 
I th- I have concerns about them identifying the right guy. It might happen by accident, but I have serious concerns that they know how to identify the right guy or they'd have done it already. Exactly, and and that's the thing that, that terrifies you because a lot of people seem to think that getting rid of Ollie, as I've said, is like football manager. You get rid of him, you transport somebody and an instant success is guaranteed. Now, I don't want to be a, a doomster, but United could get rid of Ollie and it could get worse. The next guy might inherit the team that he's got. He might butt heads with a few senior players and very quickly it could become toxic. You just don't know. And as as you've said, do you trust United to get a decision of that magnitude right at this moment? You you would have to say no based on what you've seen in, in, in recent years. Newcastle, as you say, for me is a big concern um, for, for, for all of the, 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 the established clubs like your Liverpool, your Arsenal, historic clubs, because that level of cash can essentially buy anything that it wants mm-hmm. and... Financial fair play, obviously, during COVID, they were saying they were maybe um, reduce it or bring it back. There is an argument among some quarters that financial fair play should be scrapped and people should be allowed to just spend what they want. If that was to come in, that would be incredibly dangerous because you could then see teams like City and Newcastle, as you've said there, Phil, just pull light years ahead of everyone else, stockpile genuinely the world's elite players and what would the point you know, of mm-hmm. watching? And I hope that's not allowed to happen. So United, for me, have a squad that isn't far away. That Signing Ronaldo, Sancho, Varane, as, as we all said in the summer, was an incredible window, but the whole midfield uh, position not being filled has still left a gaping hole. That gaping hole needs to be filled. Um, another coach, like Thomas Tuchel, obviously did at Chelsea, could take United on a level but even if you get a Conte or a Zidane, someone that's supposed to be a elite and has got the CV that Solskjaer doesn't, they're still going to be walking into United with that gaping hole in the, the holding midfield role. So until that is seriously addressed, I don't think anyone's going to pull up trees. Now, I'm not saying that another coach won't get United winning games in a more proactive manner. I'm not saying that a, 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 a so-called elite coach won't get United winning the games that they are currently drawing or, or losing. But at the same time, I don't think it's as simple as bring Zidane or Conte in and click your fingers, off United go. There, there is still work to be done, and I think that's something that has to be addressed. There's been I saw something about, uh, I don't know if it was The Athletic or it was the Daily Mail here in the UK, saying all he's been promised he can spend £70 million in January to address that position. Why on earth would you address it in January if that 70, magic £70 million was available? It should have been spent in the summer. Calm. <clears throat> don't believe that. All right. I can assure you of this. If Solskjaer's still employed by January uh, and there's still some uncertainty around his position, you know, they're not giving him 70 million. Not a chance. Okay. You know, remember, they sacked Mourinho in January, right? And um, that was after the Liverpool result. They didn't give him extra money in January to spend on their mining in the summer before to fix the problem. So they're not going to do that. That won't happen. Solskjaer will need to be on an exemplary run where you know, they're touching close to the top of the table or they're, thereabouts, then maybe. If if, you, if Solskjaer goes to the board and says, I need another 70 million in January to get United back to the top, they'll sack, they'll sack him quicker. I, I really think what will probably happen in some sense would be there'd be a resignation rather than a sack. And the United desperately don't want to do that. And I think, I think in some sense that would be the most likeliest outcome. 
you know, there's also the fact that they're, you know, have a big, big game on Wednesday against Atalanta. And that is a game that United need to win. And they're playing exceptionally well at a 4 1 win at the weekend. Um, they're at home. They haven't had a great start. They'll need to get a result. If United lose against Atalanta, what does that say to Cristiano Ronaldo? He'll not want to be in the Europa League. I just think the big variable that wasn't there in previous years is that, is Ronaldo, is the fact that he's so influential at that football club. He's bigger than Solskjaer. And that was one of my, when, when, when the sugar rush calmed down, the sugar high wore off, I looked at it and went, okay, what are the downsides? Downsides are, you know, will become possibly a bit too reliant on him. And downsides are if things aren't going great. What does that do to the dressing room dynamic with someone like Ronaldo in? Right? I, I just think that is a serious problem because if Solskjaer gets into a competition where with Ferguson, for example, you know, Ferguson, you know, over, over who you're most loyal to, me or Ronaldo, I don't think Ollie wins that fight. And I think that if you were talking about Zidane coming and managing big egos, you know, there's big egos and then there's Ronaldo, right? And to me, I think... Uh, when you send a player of that caliber that other players are a fan of, it's great when things are going well, when they're all high-fiving and patting each other on the back, but when things aren't and people are looking for the point fingers of blame, you know, players will blame managers before they blame themselves. Um, that point, that finger is going to point right, right to Solskjaer. And I think that is such a dangerous thing. That's the guillotine that you bring in with, with Ronaldo is that, hey, it all goes well, but your head's on the block, right? Because if it doesn't go well, Ronaldo's worth far too much DNA commercially in every other sense. There's no way Solskjaer wins that fight. He doesn't win that fight. And the other thing and, uh, with Ronaldo is, Ronaldo also is one of the most powerful agents in world football and, and, and Jorge Mendes. Now, I, I, again, I, I don't know enough about who um, Mendes' clients are in the managerial or coaching circles, but I, I have no doubts that if Ronaldo seriously doubts Ollie and seriously doubts the direction the club is going in, given the Atalanta and Liverpool games. That I wouldn't be sh- shocked if there were link if there were articles appearing that Cristiano would love to work with ex coach and Y coach at United. I think mm-hmm. he's he he commands that sort of authority with the press. And it won't come from his mouth directly, but if he wants to get it out there, known out there that he would like to work with Zidane again or Conte or whoever it may be you can be sure that that message will get out there and will apply huge pressure to the hierarchy at United and Oli. And I think, as you've rightly said, Phil, if Ronaldo, and this is, again, player power gone mad, if Ronaldo decides or thinks, I played with Oli, I respect him, but he's not taking us anywhere, I think Oli will be out there quicker than people think because United, as you've said, simply cannot afford to to lose Ronaldo with the commercial um, acumen that he's got. And obviously the playing ability, because if United can create chances, he will score goals. The problem was at the weekend that they weren't creating chances through rhythm and movement. They were creating chances through pot shots mm-hmm. and efforts from range, which which doesn't play to his strengths. You need to be getting balls into the box. You need to be getting the ball into his feet in and around the box and he will score goals. And if he doesn't think Ollie and his coaching staff are capable of doing that, I've no doubts he won't be shy and letting everyone know. He has already, you could argue, with his body language, but it won't be long before the media covers that from all angles, and I think we'll know where it's probably coming from. You know, one of the other things that Mourinho was dealing with towards the end of his tenure is he had a massive injury list. Now, so it's okay you get injuries, that happens. 
if he needed to go out against Liverpool next weekend, especially if they don't get a good result against Atalanta, and they repeat, say something like, remember what we saw against City in the League Cup in the first leg where you know, got absolutely destroyed? If they repeat something like that, I would find it very, and you need to come out and say, we're not concerned. Why are you not concerned? You should be concerned. Because what's the evidence to suggest that this is going to all click today and tomorrow and we're going to be fine? That's the part that concerns me. It's the, the way United are playing. Look, United are capable of going out and get a result against anyone. Right? We saw last season they beat City and then lose against Sheffield United. Um, but what concerns me, you know, I'm, last season you saw quite a bit United play well as a team. This season, there's been none of that, not once. I mean, Maguire's performance was poor. Maguire's performance has been poor every week since, uh, f- for the most part. You know, his passing's been off. Uh, I don't know how many times we were against West Ham, how many times he would roll balls out when it was a simple side pass. He was uh, passed to the left back or right back. He'd roll it out for a throw. And I've been, I've been watching him do this all season. He hasn't looked great. And so I'm really concerned at the fact that United will not just lose, but also lose because they didn't lose to better players. They lost to a better team. And that comes back to Solskjaer and his coaching staff. I love him. I really want him to work. I really do. I'm not one of these people, you know, I, I really find it sad when I see people who criticise him who can't keep it just to football, who have to go in and say things that, quite frankly, are disgusting. And we know social media is like this. There's human beings out there that are just filled with anger, hatred, darkness, and they want to project it on the other people. Because happy people don't do that. They don't talk like that. And, you know, it's a big mirror to society. There's just not a lot of nastiness out there. You can criticize them without doing that. And that's what's sad to me. And uh, I think um, if, I think for, I think it, it is, for, for me, I'm more and more inclined to believe you know, they need a top coach to take them to the next level. That's the way I look at it now as well. And, and someone who obviously has is, is, is got a high-profile pundit role in the States, Craig Burley, who we both know very well, has, mm-hmm. has said this consistently since Ollie got the job. And I, I'll be honest, I disagreed. I've, Craig knows this, I've told him. I disagreed with him, passionately disagreed with him because I felt United were making progress that, that I thought was... You couldn't question the fact United were making progress from where they were under Mourinho to, to finish in third, finish in second. But this season in particular, it just... Uh, and I know it's harsh maybe to draw parallels with Lampard because all he's achieved more than Lampard has with the United team compared to what Lampard did at Chelsea. But I just look at it and think Lampard took them so far and then Tuchel came in and took them to a whole new level. And I, I do think United, I'm leaning towards the opinion that United need to do that as well. The only difficulty, as we've said again, Phil, is there isn't an obvious Tuchel, Klopp, Pep Guardiola, who you can say, we go and get him tomorrow and he's going to take us to the next level, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Because there is no as close to guarantees you can get option out there, I think it will delay their thinking as long as they don't get absolutely hammered by a Liverpool, a City, a Chelsea. I think if they do, uh, if the mood of those players significantly changes, then I think that's it. It's over. I think uh, there's the obvious factor of the results not being good enough, but um, a big part of it is going to be high players feeling that dressing room as well. And uh, I, you start to see the little, little rut starting with players not being happy. This is when you can't keep players who don't play happy because there's no they, they don't believe they should be out of the team. And the last last thing I want to ask later <clears throat> and on and 
I know this has been said before, but it really does need answering now, Callum, is who signed Van der Beek? Because this <laughs> is a joke. This is an absolute joke. And maybe even if you say Solskjaer didn't sign him, but Solskjaer told him in the summer that he wanted to keep him because he was an important part of his plans. Right? He says at the weekend, maybe it's time to shake things up. We need to know who signed him because they're responsible for what we're seeing. You needed a crown out for a defensive midfielder and kept a guy that they didn't play last year, that are not playing this year, and didn't bring in a defensive midfielder. Why? And who's responsible for that? Then? That's something you need to find every way to know. And uh, I, I would have to believe that Solskjaer played a role in bringing him here. Um, but the whole situation is a joke. And maybe if you're Van der Beek, you look at this and go, well, you know what? Solskjaer's going to be gone pretty soon anyway. Maybe it's worth my while sitting inside. Um, we'll have to see. Well, uh, what's your take on that before we go, mate? Baffling, it baffles me. Um, I think last year, uh, as we said at the time, settling in period, it can be difficult for for many top players who who come to the Premier League or or go to a major league, La Liga, Serie A, etc. But the fact that there was interest in him in the summer as well, it's not as if he was in a situation like Alexis Sanchez was for a period of time where United wanted to shift him, but there was no obvious taker or keen taker. I think there were a few clubs, Everton obviously were, were heavily linked with him. There were a few clubs that would have taken him this summer. And I think, as you rightly said, there was talk about an option to buy. I think if you said, no, 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 it has to be an obligation to buy and we want our money back, what we paid, I think you would have got that for him. So it baffles me that United have kept a hold of him to, to just give him pretty much zero minutes. I know he's played a few, but... I, I just don't understand it because the way I look at things, and I suppose this is where we'll see if Oli is feeling desperate in, in the next couple of weeks. When managers feel desperate, they have a habit, and again, this is just my opinion, of playing to the gallery and saying, right, to the to the fans, you want Van de Beek here, I'm going to give you him. And if he's out his depth and out of position or whatever and costs a few goals, then he can turn around and say, I told you so. I, I'll be interested to see if he goes about that in the next couple of weeks because... He's tried with these players that he's got at the moment. It's clearly not working in terms of performances. It's clearly not working in terms of results. So as he's hinted at, he does have to shake things up. How he shakes things up, I'll be honest, I've got, I've got no idea because that gaping hole in the holding midfield is always going to be there. McTominay, for me, is a good player. He can't do it all on his own. I think if you play McTominay and Fred, they aren't the best combination, as we know. Matic doesn't have the legs anymore. So he might he might end up just having to turn to Van der Beek and say to the fans and everyone that's calling for him to get a chance, right, there you go. And if he doesn't perform, as I say, he might hold his hands up and say, told you so, you called for it, he's shown what he can do. And that, that could be the final straw for him in these last few weeks. But fingers crossed he can turn that around. But my, my confidence level is, is dwindling as the weeks go on. We will find out, mate. Uh, Calm as always, mate. Thanks very much for taking the time to do this. Thanks to all of you for all your, your support and all your retweets, likes and all that there. And thanks to all of you for all your kind comments over um, some of the stuff that was tweeted at me. Much, much appreciated, which is quite frankly disgusting. Um, but I appreciate all the kind words. That do. Definitely the positive for it, ways the negative. But um, there's just some things across the line, and that's one of them. Um, but uh, thanks to all of you. Take it easy. Calm. all the best, mate. All the best. Take care. See ya. Bye.